Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Well, here we are again. Yes, indeed, another edition of Growing in Grace. I'm Joel, along with Mike, a podcast called Growing in Grace, something that uh, we've been doing together for the last 10-plus years. Uh, it's been a, a joy a privilege and an honor, and I don't use those words lightly, to be able to share the good news, the gospel, God's gospel, you know, the good news with people. This is just such good stuff, that, uh, such a wonderful thing that we get to keep on sharing this thing week after week right here on Growing in Grace. It's a lot of fun. I mean, it really is for us. And and recently we were able to um, have about an eight-week Bible study with a group of close to about 20 people with our local church, Joel. And, and that was especially um, a, mm-hmm. a blessing for me. And I know it was for you too, because you and I get to talk about this stuff all the time. Sometimes we get together just one-on-one. Sometimes we do lunch with a couple of other people. And of course we do these podcasts, but a lot of times it's 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 a very exclusive group. And sometimes it's just you and me one-on-one. And uh and of course, we have uh, online social media and that sort of thing, which is neat to be able to powwow with the other radical grace people. But um, it was nice being in a group like this where people were, uh, in some cases, just learning uh, about the, the grace of the gospel, trying to get a handle on it, trying to absorb it, trying to knock out all of the religious stuff that has been built up in their mind that sometimes negates the gospel a little bit, mm-hmm. diminishes the finished work of Christ. That's what a lot of religious teaching does. And so here we were being able to go face-to-face with people and, and hear questions and, and interact, and then to, to find out at the end the impact that it was having on their own heart really makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, it really does. I mean, you know, who knows what is going on, you know, with this podcast. We do hear from people who have had a, a major impact in their life because of the things that are said on this podcast. And that is a, a real joy to hear because we know that this is indeed, this is God's gospel. This isn't Joel and Mike's gospel, but this is God's gospel. And I know that a lot of what we say here isn't necessarily what you're going to hear in a lot of churches, but yet it's nothing new. The stuff that we share here is not new. It may be different than what a lot of churches focus on, but it's right there in the scriptures that are almost 2,000 years old, the New Testament ones, that is. We try to look at these things that the scriptures say in context. I mean, you know, even if you take a lot of what the scriptures say at face value, certain things like the law being the ministry of death and condemnation, you know, things like that. You don't hear that taught in the church a lot. And so when we get together with a group like we did at church, or when somebody listens to this podcast for the first time, or maybe for the first few times, you're hearing stuff that you may have never heard before, or that you haven't heard elaborated upon. Maybe you've seen it in the Bible, but you've skimmed on by it. And that's what we're here to do, to to look at these scriptures, to really dig into um, the gospel of peace, the gospel of grace, and share it with people in a way that people can understand. Hopefully that is what happens. I recently got an email from somebody who said that just the way, Cap, that you and I talk back and forth, real simple language, down to earth, really helps that person to understand uh, some of these things. So anyway, we could go on and on and on, on and on about that, but we're here to actually do uh, a little bit more than that. 
<laughs> well, I think sometimes there is something to be said about just talking the kind of language that most of us talk in everyday life, and that's basically what this podcast is about, and maybe that's why so many have been able to latch on to some of these discussions that we have, Joel. But yeah, I mean, when people say, well, it's a lot of what you guys say it just goes against so much of the traditional teaching that we've all had all these years. And you know what? Don't blame us just because religious corporations right. haven't gotten this right. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? That's, That's not good. our fault. Good um, point. So let's let's tackle one of those things here today, Joel. Maybe you out there listening right now, you, you've heard this phrase before. And you actually begin to convince yourself it's probably in the Bible somewhere, but it's not. And that is, how many of us have ever heard, because I've heard it a number of times, sometimes it's, it's worded a little bit differently, but generally the phrase is, the law is an expression of God's character. How many times have you heard that? And then we, we start making these assumptions. We start to hear things so often, and people will somehow try to connect different dots from the Scripture that describe God with the law, and you start to actually think that this is a true phrase and that it's probably somewhere in the Scripture. The law is an expression of God's character. But, Joel, I, I can't find it anywhere in the Bible, and so let's talk about this. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good to say that. I mean, you think about certain commandments like, you shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And, you know, things like that. You think about, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. There wouldn't be any reason to not think, well, that's God's character being expressed right there. Those are good things. And, of course, they're good things. As we've said many times, the law is good, just, and holy. We highly and fully respect the law of God. But if we dig a little deeper, again, here's one of those things where you hear something taught and it sounds right, but then you just you dig a little bit deeper and you think to yourself, hmm, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if that saying is really right. And so, uh, you know, some of these, I don't know where to begin with this because we've got so much to share on this. But if you look at some of the individual laws, remember, 613 laws, <laughs> there's not just 10. But there were a whole lot more. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's a great, Jesus said that is one of the greatest commandments. It's one of the top two, <laughs> along with love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, a little bit later in Leviticus 18, where it says you shall love your neighbor as yourself, it also says you should not wear clothing of mixed linen and wool. It says also that men shall not disfigure the edges of their beard. There are all kinds of other laws in there. You shall not sow your field with mixed seed. So we think to ourselves, all right, well, if love your neighbor as yourself is a representation of God's character, what about these other ones? And if they are a, represent, a representation of God's character, then why do we not keep these other laws today? Why is it okay? Many people say, yeah, we should love our neighbor as ourselves, because Jesus said that. But just a little bit later, down in the same law, just a few verses later, it says these other things that we don't give any attention to these days. So did God change, or is God's character the same, and we should keep those, or what's the deal? I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and if, if you mentioned it, Joel, I, I missed it. But just for example, uh, if you want to look this up for yourself, just one example. There's, there's plenty of law in, in the Old Testament in your Bible, in those books of the law. 
those early books in, in the Old Testament. But just take a look at Leviticus chapter 19, just for example, because that, that's where you'll find love your neighbor as yourself. But look at all the other laws surrounding it. And some of those are laws that you would be familiar with. I think you mentioned some of them, Joel, you know, don't steal and, you know, those kinds of things that we're familiar with when it comes to moral laws. But there's a lot of other different rules and regulations in there, also of which you mentioned some. And so which ones do we keep and which ones don't we keep? The point here is, though, going back to what we started with here, if the law is an expression of the character of God, and we do recognize, as you said, Joel, we, we do recognize the law is holy, it's righteous, it's good, and it, it's this incredible standard that, that seems to reflect the perfection of God. And we, as grace people in Christ, recognize the law for what it is, this holy standard that we could not attain to, that we could not keep up with as, as human beings. We never could. And here's the thing about the law. First of all, it was given to Israel and not those of us who, who aren't Jewish. Um, it wasn't given to Gentiles. This was a covenant between God and Israel. This was how the whole plan would be unveiled, would be through this, this race of people. So it wasn't even given to us. But understand that it wasn't given to Israel to try to make them better. The law was not given to Israel to try to make them better or acceptable to God. It wasn't meant for them to try to attain this standard and come to a place where they would uh, attain to righteousness through the works of the law. I know we've said this before, but sometimes I think these things just go over our heads. So maybe if we say them in a different context, you know, it, it'll continue to resonate with you. But Paul said in, in the book of Galatians that if righteousness were to come by the law, then a law would have been given that could have brought it, but it couldn't bring life. It couldn't bring righteousness. It was never meant to. Even God said, I'd never desired sacrifices. Um, and that's why he provided the ultimate sacrifice in Jesus Christ that would end all of that stuff. So to move the ball further down the field here, Joel, if the law is an expression of God's character, why in the 10th chapter of Acts did God tell Peter that suddenly it's okay to start eating the things that were previously declared unclean in the law? And, and you mentioned even some other things, Joel, about shaving the sides of your face. The law also said uh, avoid tattoos. If grapes fall on the ground, don't eat them. Leave them for the poor. Uh, don't eat any fruit from a new tree until the fifth year. All of this stuff is right in there surrounded by you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Not eating pork, avoiding seafood that had fins and scales. You mentioned the clothing thing, wool and linen. You couldn't wear those together. So now God is telling Peter in the 10th chapter of Acts, it's okay to eat the previously unclean animals, birds, and reptiles. So did God change? Did God, God's character go through some sort of a transformation when he told Peter it was also okay to start associating with the previously unclean Gentiles, which was us, by the way? We know God didn't change. God doesn't change. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so um, what did change was the law, and the writer of Hebrews talks about this, but the law changed, and the covenant changed, and it didn't just get altered or revised. Something ended, and something new replaced it. All right, exactly. And you know, just to reiterate something you were saying there, I mean, in, in Leviticus 11, where it talks about not eating shrimp and lobster, you know, stuff that doesn't have scales and fins, 
God says it's an abomination. And so nowadays we're able to eat those things and somehow we don't consider them an abomination. So did God change or was there a change of the law? And again, uh, just to hit on the big point that I think so many people tend to not realize is that the law indeed was never given for us to live by. It wasn't given so that people would know God's character, even Israel, who had those 613 laws. God gave them that law, knowing full well that he would find fault with them through that law. That's why the new covenant came. That's why that law was given. It was to uh, produce the ministry. It was the ministry of death, condemnation, guilt, bondage. There was no life that could ever come through the law. Jesus was God's will all along. It was never God's will for people to live by that law. I know that sounds it just sounds heretical to some people, but once you start looking at all these verses and putting them together, putting the whole picture together, we realize that that was the purpose of the law and that we're not meant to live by it and that uh, the expression of God's character is Jesus Christ himself. You just hit it on the head, Joel. Don't confuse God with the law because Jesus did not say the law and God are one. He said, I and the Father are one. And you just nailed it. Jesus, or grace, was manifested as an expression of God's character. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.